0: For me <laughs> so um, my name is Ingrid and I'm the I'm the current executive director of the Alabama Coalition for Immigrant justice and um, I want to thank Monona and Reagan for inviting us here and Arkansas um, United for having us in your space and um, and so um, you know for me it's interesting because I come from the outside to Alabama right when um, the crisis emerged. So I came from California um, through the Southeast Immigrant Rights Network that Maria mentioned. Um, and they had put up out a call, organize, a call for organizing support in Alabama because um, they had passed the most aggressive anti-immigration law, but it hadn't gone into effect. And so um, and so when I went down there, I went down going, thinking I'm going to go for two weeks and, and help out. and. Um, and I got there, actually my first event that I went to was up in North Alabama in Huntsville, Alabama and it was a racial profiling hearing that was being organized by the NAACP um, and they were working to engage both immigrants and African-Americans and find that unity around profiling by the police but the thing at that point was is that Alabama because the immigrant population is newer to the state um, newer in the last 15, 20 years, there wasn't really, the infrastructure hadn't been built. There weren't community <coughs> organizations. So what we had is a strong legal advocacy um, uh, network of organizations like Southern Poverty Law Center um, and the ACLU. Um, and then we had a service provision organization that had, had come up um, that was providing services to the Latino community. But um, when h 56 passed, there was, Uh, no organization of immigrants to fight back against that law. And so really, after the law passed, I got there um, two days later, the law passed, and it was total crisis, crisis everywhere. And um, I'm not going to get into all that today because we have focus here. Um, But but, um, it was really... uh, um, it was uh, coming from California it's where I came. We have a lot of organization. And organization is power. And we didn't have that power in Alabama when the law passed. And so, um, but what we were able to do is to respond very quickly. Um, and we got support from Four Freedoms, which was really critical in those early days, um, and support from some of the national coalitions, immigrant rights coalitions, to really support us getting out there and getting organized. Um, and a piece of that that was so important in those early days, I talked about the, the NAACP um, event, is because the immigrant community wasn't, didn't have that organization in the beginning, really the first people to really step out there and in an organized way um, to call out this law and to start to fight back against this law, were African-Americans in the state. So you had Greater Birmingham Ministries, which took the lead on organizing one of the first big marches um, in Birmingham before the law went into effect. You had um, my, after I went to that racial profiling hearing, I went down to um, Birmingham and there was an event in a church. And you had uh, black Baptist ministers had organized an event and they had invited um, some young immigrant youth to come speak out. Um, and there had been a, a sign-on letter of, uh, I don't know how many, like a 100 or so yeah. black Baptist ministers, I mean, immediately calling out um, this law. You had, um, soon thereafter, the NAACP, they stepped up in a major way. And the NAACP in Alabama is a really, it's, it's an important organization. You know, it's existed for a long time, and it has a base and of, of. Um, of leaders all over the state, both elders who have been in the movement for a long time as well as youth chapters, and so the NAACP stepped up immediately. And so, um, and this was, I think this was really uh, critical in terms of sustaining the alliance building that we have now because in that moment when people were so in crisis, I mean thousands of people fled the state, thousands of people, you know. and. Um, and people were, there was so, so much fear, and there was 2,500 kids that were unenrolled from the schools. People's power and water were being turned off. People's neighbors were disappearing. Parents were dropping their kids off at the, at their teachers' homes, asking them to take the children to school because they were afraid if they showed up, they would be deported. You know, um, there were people being denied their um, their medications, at the, at the drugstore, there was cases of people being afraid to go to the hospital to have birth. You know, there was so, so much fear. And so what was critical is those people who showed up and said, I'm not against you, when the people were so under attack, I'm not against you, I'm here for you. I want to have your back. That was, the, that was the foundation that has sustained that alliance building over time. And so many of those folks, there is Scott. You know, people love Scott. Because Scott was there for them, and Scott's been there for them. There's a Reverend Charles Dale up in, uh, up in Russellville who is a longtime civil rights leader, is a pastor up there. And he went to an event that a, a group of immigrants had organized, um, and he said, I'm here for you, I'm here for you till the end. And so now, anytime Reverend Dale asks anything of the folks in Russellville, they're there. You know, like Reverend Dale calls me up. And he's like, I want you to show up for this 10-mile march. you like, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. I'm like, we've got something scheduled. We had our own thing. But I'm like, okay, got to show up, you know, because Reverend Dale, he was there, and he's committed, you know. And, um, and so, and I think even, you know, I think, um, I think that was the foundation. And then Scott talked about the Selma to Montgomery march it really was, you know, there's a lot of controversy around immigration and the use of, like, the civil rights movement because there's, you know, some folks in places where people are more disconnected say uh, you, immigrant rights movement is the new civil rights movement, right? Um, but in Alabama, it's really different, where it's more um, that the immigrant rights movement has been invited into the civil rights movement in Alabama. Um, and through that, Selma was a hugely important moment, and that was a moment where um, you know, those organizers who were fighting their fight around voting rights said, you know what? We, we want to we centralize the immigrant rights movement. We weren't, or, we weren't organized power at that point. But they said, you know, we're going to create space to profile what's happening against immigrants, you know? And they created a whole day. And that day, I remember, um, we had 800 people that marched Somewhere between 11 and 13 miles together, and there were hundreds and hundreds of immigrants that came from all over the state. Buses and buses. People brought their children. I think they didn't realize they were marching temples because like, we had like three. We had a lot of like two-year-olds and three-year-olds that ended up being on people's shoulders, and it was hot, you know. And um, but since then, this is the fourth year. Every year, um, our members mobilize for Selma. And they mobilized for Selma um, because that's their way of saying, we're here for you. We know that Selma is, is mainly an issue, is the priority focus is voting rights. And they say every year it's like, OK, got to mobilize for Selma. You know. And so this year we had 200 people there um, for Selma. People mobilized for multiple days. And, um, and we held uh, a unity rally. Um, which was really important too because the other piece of the alliance building, which is we're talking about building alliances with African-Americans, the other pieces that we've really worked on is building alliances between the LGBTQ community and immigrants. And a lot of the LGBTQ community that really stepped up were black queer people or lesbian or gay people um, that had really stepped up and, the, and it was similar, it had stepped up and committedly shown up for every single immigrant rights march. You know, And in the beginning, didn't ask for anything back. Just showed up, was there, was there, was there. And similar with the African-American community. Showed up, was there, was there, was there, was not asking for anything rights, but was like, I have your backs. And then when folks were out of the worst of the worst of the crisis, were able to then say, OK, yeah, we need to show back up for them. You know, And so this year, when there was a tax in the state legislature, um, on uh, the, what do you call it, the religious freedom, religious freedom bills was being proposed in the state legislature. You know, it's like within the immigrant community, folks were, you know, posting about it. We had some folks show up to support the lobbying about it. When gay marriage passed, people were changing their profile pictures to rainbows. You know, and that was different. That's not where a lot of our folks were at in 2011, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really been through those relationships that people have found that mutuality of support. Um, I think a few, uh, like, uh, I would say the, kind of the keys is, um, that I found is, you know, that the relationships, and Scott talked about it, is so important. The relationships, um, are the, they're the glue, they're what sustain, you know, the relationships are what kept me in Alabama. There was my mind that says, this is strategically important, this is the harshest bill, if we don't stop it here, it's gonna spread, Um, and then there was my heart. And my heart was connected to the the 19-year-old dreamer who I was giving rides back and forth every single day when I first got there because he didn't have a driver's license, right? And we would talk and we would share these stories. And then I met more people and then it was like, oh my gosh, people are like, facing so much, they, need, they just need somebody who's got their backs, you know, in the middle of this. And the relationships have what have what kept me there. Um, I think the other piece of it is education. There's so much manipulation, right? There's so much racist manipulation. Scott talked about it um, earlier of just misinformation on all sides, right? Um, And and so there's a huge part of it and a lot of that education comes through those relationships, um, through, you know, for myself, I know I had learned a ton just being with people every day and learning about the struggles that folks are going through. And it's similarly, you know, when we were going out and talking to farmers or business folks that, They learned by working with folks every single day, day by day, learn their stories, learn that it's not easy to just get a visa or to change your immigration status, learn the struggles of their children, and those people became allies, right? But then um, the other part of it is it's like uh, deprogramming the racism. So one of the pieces that we're now on is like we started doing anti-racist education like political education with our members where it's actually having those conversations around, you know, racism between the immigrants and African-American communities and what are those biases and, and, and naming those. And, and, and our members have uh, um, really uh, um, value those conversations, you know, and are committed to bringing those conversations in, into their groups. Um, the education, um, The other piece of it is relationships and the education are important, but uh, they're not going to change much without organization. And organization is critical. Organization is where you have power, right? And so in, 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 in the beginning, the immigrant community wasn't organized, and so there wasn't really that force to really affect change. In the same way that it is now, there's organizations all over the state, and through those organizations, As working, I identify as working class, that's my roots. Um, And as working class people, you don't have power by yourself. The only way you really have power is if you're organized with other people, and that's where your power comes from. And so um, the organization, the communication, is another hugely important part. And so that's where these alliances like the, the SOS coalition, Um, are hugely important because in terms of that alliance building, there has to be that constant communication in order to stay in coordination because, you know, in the immigrant community, there's so much that folks are going through and facing and under attack and similarly in the African American communities, right? And so, you can get in your own siloed, like, this is what we got to do, this is what we got to do, and you can fit, forget about the other stuff unless you've got that constant communication, an avenue for communication. Um, and the other part, I would say the next piece is strategy, is having that shared strategy. You can have organization, you can have communication, you can have relationships, but if you don't have a shared strategy and a vision of where you're going, that's, you know, that's what's going to keep us moving forward together because we actually need to have wins and we need to affect change so that people see, you know, it's like um, there's the heart and the mind, and, um, but there's constant, uh, um, there's constant pressures and temptations to take you off track from those relationships, right? Um, and so there's having that shared strategy and that vision to say, okay, this is where we're going, we have to continually, continually recommit to this. And so at this year's Selma March, we hosted, uh, our members hosted a unity rally, and it was about building, it was about alliances between immigrants, African Americans, and the LGBTQ community. And the big thing was that we're committed for the long haul to these relationships because none of us can do it alone, right? But it has to be a recommitment because when you're trying to, support folks to show up for an event that isn't directly affecting them, you know, that means our members don't have paid days off, mostly. None do, right? And so that means, and they've got kids, and they've got multiple jobs. And so all of this is sacrifice, right? And so your question is, are you? you know, there's a sacrifice when they can see, okay, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to show up for this rally that's for immigrant rights, because that's going to help us, hopefully, get relief from you know the the crisis that we're in but if there's also it's like okay I'm also gonna take off work I'm gonna you know bring my kids and drive you know five hours to this place to show up and it's not gonna have an immediate result for me right it's for me showing up for somebody else you know and so that takes constant Recommitment and recommitment and re-centralizing that this is our vision that we this is what we need to do together. I think the other piece of that is like, for example, those constant distractions um, is uh, you know. So Hillary Clinton is coming to Alabama, right? And you know, and there is the question. It's like so ACIJ we're trying to get a meeting with Hillary Clinton. Um, and we want, her to recommit- we want her to commit that she's going to protect the Deferred Action Programs for the parents and, and the um, children's DACA and DAPA. And then we also know that Black Lives Matter, you know, will want to engage Hillary Clinton. And so there's this question that is like, I think on both ends, it's like, who's going to get Hillary Clinton, <laughs> right? Is she going to talk to us? Is she going to talk to Black Lives Matter? And so, you know, we've started a dialogue with the Black Lives Matter folks to be like, okay, we know we both want Hillary, we want, both want her attention, so how are we going to support each other? Like, if you get access or if we get access, how are we going to support each other to actually, you know, be heard? You know, and so, um, but, you know, but that's, it's not, that, that's not easy, right? Because when you're, like, feel like, this might be our end to getting to getting this relief that we're so needed, and this might be a distraction from that, and not have us be heard if we do that. You know, that's a constant, constant needing of a recommitment. You know, and um, and folks in the organization that are grounded in those relationships to be like, okay, this this is why this is why we have to recommit. This is why we have to do that. So, um, I think. I think probably that's time. And so I think we'll show the, maybe I'll just show the pictures first just to give a sense of the geography. Um, So when I say that we didn't have an organization um, of immigrants when we first started, so this is 2011. And so these blue organizations were our coalition in 2011. So mostly.